Hey friends, it's Fred Greenhalgh, producer here at Realm. A new episode of Ominous Thrill is ready for your ears. It's Advice After Dark. Late night radio host Belladonna delivers extreme advice to the delighted horror of her audience until a creepy listener forces her to confront the brutal consequences of her show. Here's a preview. Welcome to my live stream, Bella. Say hello to everyone. What do you want? Click the link. Watch along. I'm not clicking links from psychos. You put that trash on the radio every night and I'm the psycho. You sound like you need help. I'm not one of your fake callers. My show is very, very real. Do you want to know what it's called? No, I don't. It's called Belladonna Gets What's Coming. Starring you. What? It's really starring me, but it's all about you. And you'd be surprised how many people want to watch you get what's coming. I called the police. They'll be here any minute. Yeah, well, we should be done before they get here. Find Ominous Thrill out now, everywhere you listen. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Happy Horror Days, listeners! Let's start with a riddle. What do you get when you mix? Four retail workers, three tortured demons, two sliding doors, and a possessed stoner by the trash bin. Why, the plot of the previous episode. <laughs> what? I like that punchline. And some punching's about to happen. And running. And screaming. Lots of screaming. <laughs> Now, we return to our friendly local Mart Club as Demon Drew takes an axe to grind on his co-workers. Oh, Drew's not here right now, but you can leave a message. I'll make sure he gets it. Kyle, go! <laughs> oh, better yet. Tell him yourself. Drew squatted in a strange frog-like pose, his arms stretching to an impossible length as they wrapped around Marcy's leg. His jaw dislocated, and he lowered his mouth toward the screaming Marcy. Marcy! Tanya chucked the heavy-duty flashlight down the aisle and hit Drew smack in the nose. He let go of Marcy and fell like dead weight to the floor. Tonya! Drew! He's... he's... <laughs> Realm presents Black Friday, starring Fred Armisen. Episode 3. Episode 3.
Mark Club Shoppers. Our Black Friday cinema specials provide wholesome family entertainment. We've slashed prices on holiday picks like Skyscraper Hostage, a Christmas movie, and Child Murders Home Invaders 5. Functional, fashionable, and fiscally responsible. That's the Mark Club word. Tanya, we've got to get Marcy's light. Bob shifted his grip on the plastic sword. Tanya slowly guided Marcy off her vest, and both crept down the aisle. The flashlight stopped spinning. The beam pointed away from Drew's face. In the dimness, it was impossible to tell if his eyes were open or closed. What are you waiting for? Grab the damn thing and let's go! Me? It's on your side! You have the weapon! Well, sort of. No, you're in charge. You grab it! You want to know what happens to the one black person in every horror movie? It isn't pretty, and it's not going to be me! Oh yeah, like it's any better to be a gay Latino in a horror movie? Fine. We'll rock, paper, scissors this. But we agree neither of us would survive a movie, right? Good thing this isn't a movie because I plan on all of us making it home tonight safe and sound. Rock, paper, scissors, go. Ah, damn it. Bob gritted his teeth, shifted his grip on the -the glow-in-the-dark sword and slowly leaned down to pick up the flashlight. All right, here we go. Drew's eyes snapped open. His lips turned into a twisted grin, and he rolled over, snapping at Bob's ankles. Got my ankle! Well, so much for that. Tanya's legs snapped out, her foot connecting with Drew's face once, twice, faster than Jackie Chan after two gallons of coffee. Drew flew back and slammed into the wall, knocking over a display of Mark Club brand energy drinks. Run! The retail crew bolted for the front of the store with Kyle in the lead and Bob bringing up the rear. I think he's angry, guys. No, you think? Demon Drew hopped onto the top shelf. He was barely visible in the low lighting as he leapt from one top shelf to the next, moving twice as fast. You're not gonna make it! Speak for yourself! Bob's lungs burned and his chest ached. He was too old to be running from demon-possessed stoners in the toy section. Drew launched himself off the top of the action figure aisle and landed in front of Bob. Jingle bells, my skin smells like a rotten egg. (laughs) Oh, what fun it is to sing a slaying song tonight. (laughs) Drew's wide grin tore at the corners of his mouth. He raised his fingers and Bob watched in horror as his bones grew through his fingertips, forming sharpened claws while he cackled like a madman. (laughs) There was nowhere to go. Nothing behind Bob but a section full of cheap made-in-China junk and a basement door painted shut. That's it! The basement door! He grabbed Marcy's hand, then Tanya's. What the hell are you doing? There's no time to explain. Come with me if you want to live. The trio raced through the aisle. Toddler toys on one side, stuffed animals on the other. The basement door loomed far ahead. Someone had put a three-by-three-foot metal basket full of kickballs in front of it. Bob let go of their hands to push it aside, but somehow only succeeded in knocking it over. 
Drew turned the corner. When the tidal wave of rubber balls came bouncing toward him, he froze. A sea of balls in blue, orange, pink, and sparkly black buried him. The door's stuck. Stand aside, ladies. I've got this. I don't think your box cutter is going to work. He's gonna get us! Not on my watch. Yeah, here we go. Paint on the door. Why? There. Now pull and hold the door. Let's go. Hurry. Didn't open it for us. Drew fought to his feet, crushing his bone talons around a bright red kickball. <laughs> oh, you'll be sorry you did that. Get it? Uh, I don't. Bob? Not yet. Drew lowered his head and charged through the aisle like a reindeer in a snow globe shot. Wait for it. Wait for it. And now! Tanya swung the basement door wide, and Demon Drew charged right in. Oh, fudgesicles. Adios, Drew. Jeez, how many stairs were there, Bob? Uh, he must have smashed his way through the last of them. Well, good riddance. You guys okay? Barely. <laughs> well, aren't you just a bunch of smart Christmas cookies? Up to snow good! Bob punched Drew in the face, his flight instinct finally making way for fight. <laughs> Our retail crew did what retail does best, reorganized the stock. Bob, Tanya, Marcy, and Kyle secured the basement door using whatever they could find. Okay, what in the holy holiday hell is going on in this store? A combination bicycle lock hooked through the rubber ball's wire basket, filled with the heaviest Lego sets Mark Club had. That's as good as it's gonna get, ladies. Okay, okay. Now, what the hell are they? There has to be something in the procedure book. Zombies? Zombies don't talk, idiot. They don't move like that either. Hmm, I didn't realize you were such an expert on the undead, Mr. Believing in the Supernatural is for idiots. Everyone waited for Kyle's theory. Uh... Undead? Undead-ish? Undeadites! How about ghoulites? Okay, you win. There's no rational explanation for what happened to Drew. I don't know. Drugs can really fuck you up. <laughs> Truth. There's nothing in the book about this. Drew's face was all screwed up. Just like the mannequin in the basement. <gasps> what if the mannequin in the basement was Richard? A cold, heavy feeling settled in his gut. It was all connected. The weirdness in the basement, Richard's disappearance, and Drew's transformation. I've got it. Someone put a curse on me to prevent me from bringing the milk home. Seriously, not everything's about you, Bob. This could be. <laughs> Guys, over here. 
Mercy, you okay? I don't think so. My arm. <laughs> I think it might be broken. <laughs> broken? They had all heard her crying at the end of the aisle and simply thought she was having a tough time processing. Marcy, why didn't you say anything? Tanya dropped to her knees and gingerly examined Marcy's arm. <laughs> I know it's a lot of paperwork. This whole night is a mountain of paperwork. Especially if we can't find Richard. Yes, about that. So when I was in the basement- Can it, Bob? This is a serious break. The procedure book says we should secure the scene and call an ambulance. Huh, fat chance of that. The phones are still out. The more you move around, the more potential damage you do to the nerves. We need to get this blended and get you out of here. Will this qualify for workers' comp? I think so. Uh, we're all still on the clock, right? You're forgetting about those weirdos outside the store? We're not going anywhere with them out there. Maybe they're gone. Do you think they're related to what happened with Drew? Ow. I don't think workers' comp will cover Drew's situation. I don't think anybody knows what's going on. There's a first aid kit in the manager's office. <laughs> the office? Screw that. We have them on the shelf in the camping section. Aisle 16, B-side, about three-quarters of the way back next to the mosquito repellent. I thought they'd be over by the pharmacy. Those just have band-aids and burn ointment. If you want serious first aid, you go to the sporting goods section. Everybody knows that. Do the first aid kits in sporting goods have splints? Uh, no. Then they're useless to us. We need something to stabilize her arm without doing any damage. That means a splint, Kyle. Those are in pharmacy. Uh, I don't think I can make it that far. Not there and out to the parking lot. Oh, I feel dizzy. She needs pain meds, too. Kyle, you stay here with Marcy. Bob, you're coming with me to pharmacy. Well, what if those creatures get in here? Or what if Drew gets through the door? Uh, try firing this. A, a freaking toy crossbow? What the hell am I supposed to do with this? The arrows have plungers at the end. Make do and quit your whining. We'll be right back. Bob saw his opportunity to tell Tanya his theory. Hey, um, I think I know what happened to Richard. Remember that weird mannequin I keep mentioning and, and the foxy boxy I found in the basement? I'm still trying to forget. Well, what if that mannequin was Richard. Before Bob could say more, Tanya stopped dead in her tracks. Dim light filtered in through the front doors with shadowy specks reflecting the blowing snow outside. Bob tried to keep from looking at the locked front doors, afraid window liquor would still be there. Eventually, he just couldn't help himself. He had to look. <laughs> the man with the fish hooks in his face stood before them, staring in. Snow fell on his bald head and immediately melted. The small space around his feet was also free of snow. He'd been standing there for a while. God, his eyes, they're completely black. What do you think they want? Our livers with some fava beans and a nice Chianti, probably. Seriously, Bob, supernatural or not, they want something or they wouldn't be hanging around. Something made them come here tonight. 
if we want to leave, we need to find out what it is. But first, we need to get a splint from Marcy. Come on. Bob gave Hookface one last look before rushing after her, sensing his eyes boring into the side of his head until they were long out of sight. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. At least the pharmacy has more emergency lights. Mark Club has a problem with people shoplifting. Uh, oh yeah, remember that one time they caught this old fart in an electric scooter cramming a bottle of NyQuil right up his keister? Right there in the aisle, too. <laughs> White people are crazy. Bob, do you know which aisle the analgesics are in? Uh, I'll take this one. You take that one? Shout if you need me. So, what's the plan? We get Marcy some painkillers and splint it up and then get the hell out of here before things get weirder. No, I meant the plan to deal with Hookface, Window Licker, and Bonehead. You're giving them names now? Sounds better than the Monster Trio. That just sounds like a band you'd listen to. How do you know what I listen to? How can I not? You're always walking around with the volume cranked all the way up. Bingo! What do you think is better, acetaminophen or ibuprofen? Mm, the second one. <clears throat> you okay over there? Yeah, just trying to get this box down. Hold on a second, let me, uh... Here. Thanks. De nada. What is that anyway? A holiday gift set of Axe Body Spray? He asked me what my plan was to deal with your monster trio. You're gonna choke them to death with Kyle's favorite deodorant? No, Bob. Aerosol spray plus fire equals portable flamethrower. The choking scent of Dude Bro is just the backup plan. I'd grab a real one from the garden center, but it's on the other side of the store. Wait, we sell flamethrowers? We'll grab a Zippo from the registers. Hold these splints and gauze for me. Mm-hmm. What's the problem with my plan? Well, have you ever seen someone make one of those makeshift flamethrowers? I have this cousin in Tampa named Luis who knew someone that did. The fire traveled right up the stream and the can exploded in his face. He said the guy's face looked like the inside of Abuelas Tamales even after the skin grafts. If we don't get Marcy to a hospital, she could go into shock or worse. I don't know how to set a broken bone, Bob. Do you? 
No, but I'm just saying your solution is as dangerous to you as it is to them, maybe more. Going in guns blazing is gonna get somebody hurt even worse, maybe even dead. We already lost Drew. What the shit is that? Bob followed her flashlight beam to a lump of glowing green ooze dripping from the side of a plastic-covered pallet. She tracked the flow of the ooze over to where Bob's Coca-Cola display stood, soaked in goo. Ugh, damn it. Now I have to start all over again. What is that stuff? No, don't touch it. We don't know where it's been or what it is. Oh, right. What the hell is wrong with me? Earlier, when we first saw those things outside, it was the same. I couldn't stop looking at them. It was like, like they were whispering to me. This ooze, it feels the same, but it can't be alive, can it? Huh? What? Wait, what's that? <laughs> what the hell is that sound? I don't know, you're the boss, you tell me! A strange red fog rolled along the concrete floor, brushing lightly against their legs, followed by a painful chill. Bob tried to lift his feet away, but there was nowhere to go that the fog wasn't touching. Ah, what, Bob, what did you eat? There was the same reeking rotten egg stink Bob picked up in the basement. He pinched his nose. <coughs> That's not me. Well, if it's not you, then what is it? <sighs> Another judgment. A horrible feeling settled in the pit of Bob's stomach. The hairs on the back of his neck and arms stood on end, as if lightning were about to strike. Above, emergency lights flashed, sparked, and went out. Ah! Grab the med supplies. Hurry! This place is going to hell! Listening to Black Friday, starring Fred Armisen. Created and produced by Realm, your portal to another world. Listen away. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague ridden world. That ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Bantwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Black Friday is executive produced by and stars Fred Armisen. Written by E.A. Copen and produced by Diana M. Foe, Fred Greenholch, and Haley Wagreich. Executive produced by Molly Barton. Performed by Fred Armisen, Brian Fairley, Tiana Camacha, Aaron Costaganis, Debbie Derryberry, Will Choi, Dwayne Hill, Alec Lawless, Alex Cazares, Jeff Shine, Chris Okawa, Margo Antonio Rodriguez, and Stephanie Shea. Voice direction and sound design by Fred Greenholch. Audio editing by Corey Barton. Original music composition and orchestration by Hashem Asadolihi. With digital orchestration by Andrew Rowan and performances by Peter McCann, Andrew Washburn, April Guthrie, Harrison Kirk, Joey Lamb, and Hashem Asadolihi. Original cover art by Annie Wu.